0: Well, it's our special opportunity right now to introduce you to our favorite Italian uh, evangelist. Would you put your hands together? Welcome again, Sam Farina. Amen. Bless you, Sam. Well, good morning. And what a joy to be with you and to have visited with the previous gathering in the cafe tonight at 5 30 i'm going to ask you to change your calendar i know that all of you after seeing the snow we're going to break out your snowmobiles and sleds and toboggans but i'm going to ask you to put them away at about 4:30, and i'm going to ask you to be here tonight because the follow-up to this morning is going to be tonight and I want you to walk out of here tonight understanding the passage we're going to look at today in even a deeper way, and I want you to be able to put it into practice in your life this coming week, and in your home, and in your marriage, and with your kids, and with your parents. I stood a a few weeks ago, first week of December in calcutta india and i stood at the grave of mark Buntain. his wife Hulda will be with you in a few weeks and you'll meet her she's in her eighties and you won't believe uh... how vibrant and alive she is uh, when she communicates with you but you've got to understand that sixty years ago sixty years ago the two of them left the united states and Mark told her they were going over there to speak some special outreach crusades and coming back to America. And when Mark got there, he was gripped by what he saw. He saw a nation where people were dying in the streets. He saw such needs He saw a level of poor people, and no one was reaching to them except for a woman who had come from Europe. They arrived about the same time. The woman would literally carry the dying into the church where she was, and I stood at her grave the first week of December as well. Mother Teresa. Mark said it's not enough just to bring the dying and minister to them. There has to be more and Mother Teresa agreed. And so Mark Bontane began to do some things that were way ahead of his time. As a matter of fact, today, every day, 10,000 people are fed meals that wouldn't get meals. At 5.30 in the morning, they move their trucks out into the street to do their first feeding of people that otherwise wouldn't get a warm meal. Every day at lunchtime, 9,000 children are in schools that the church that Mark founded pays for and funds because those 9,000 kids would be working at garbage dumps, picking up plastic bottles and recyclables to in order to earn a little bit of money with their parents so that they could eat, but instead now they're given school uniforms and they're taken in and given an education so that they can exceed. Not only do they get an education, but they get a meal every day, a hot meal, and I helped serve it while I was there. And, and, then, and then when they reach the place where they have to take exams, they, they are either given the route to move on to higher education, or they can be trained in trades, and they train electricians, and they train security guards, and they train beauticians, and it's just amazing what they're doing. There's an eight-story hospital that they built, and while this was catching the heart of Mark Montaigne, the enemy decided he was going to try to keep it from happening. Mark Montaigne became overwhelmed by depression. Now some of you in this room have battled depression. And let me just say this to you, let me say clearly, listen to me. If you're on medication, don't you beat yourself up. That's a bridge until God heals you. So you can function. But listen, in those days, there wasn't the medications of today the depression became so bad for mark that he began to be concerned about his own life and so they hospitalized him and one day while mark was in hospital another minister came and was looking for mark and Holden said he's in hospital and he went to the hospital where he was and when he got to the room Mark had checked himself out of the hospital and was leaving never to return to his wife his children the ministry and probably to end his life the man ran down the steps out into the field and saw Mark walking across and he yelled "Mark! Mark!" and Mark turned. Mark was so gripped with his depression he yelled back, they can't help me. There's nothing they can do for me. And the man yelled back, Mark, by the fullness of the Holy Spirit you can overcome your depression. Now listen to me, listen to me. Because this is for some of you in this room today. By the fullness of the Holy Spirit, not only can you control your emotions, not only can you control your tongue, because some of you it's your anger, some of you, it's your words that you speak and you don't think before you speak and you say things and you. D- Any of you have that problem? Two people the liar sit in the balcony. (laughs) How many of you have that trouble? I do. Listen. Some of you need the Holy Spirit to control your behaviors and your habits. For Mark at that moment, the Holy Spirit came upon him in an extraordinary way. Now listen, Mark had experienced an extraordinary experience of the Holy Spirit when he was filled extraordinarily with the Holy Spirit, when he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and he, was, and he realized that at that time, God gave him, the Holy Spirit gave him an ability to pray like he couldn't pray in his normal. Romans 8 says, when you know not what to pray or how you ought to pray, the the Spirit will make intercession. And Mark began to realize by what that man said, the Holy Spirit quickened it to him, and he realized that if he would commit to pray in the Spirit, he could control his emotions. Now let me tell you something. When you were with Mark Bontane, you weren't sure if you were, should talk to him or not. If he were riding in a car with you, he'd be praying in the Spirit. Whenever you were with him, you thought he was carrying on his own conversation and it wasn't with you, and he was. He was talking to the Holy Spirit. He was praying in the Spirit. And he overcame the depression that gripped him. Listen, 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 listen. Listen. God is going to fill all of you with the Holy Spirit today. You say, how can you be sure of that? Because there's three different groups here and there's three different dimensions of the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And so I know that in this room that all of you fit in one or more of those three groups. And so I know that the Holy Spirit, He is a gift. Notice I didn't say it is a gift. He is a gift. And I want you to understand from this passage of Scripture what I'm telling you today. I want every teenager in this room and young adult, I want you to grasp this because this is going to help you big time. Here's what it says in Ephesians chapter 5. Remember Ephesians 5 is how we walk every day in normal life. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 15. And if you didn't bring your Bible or your smart device, you are going to look up here on the screen and I want you to just read it with me. Look what it says. Read it out loud. Look carefully then how you walk. Not as what? But as? Now listen, what does the Word of God tell us? The Word of God tells us that we should sell everything to buy wisdom. The one thing that you as parents are going to be guilty of malpractice is if you don't teach your children the wisdom of the Lord. That is the only thing. That is the only thing that will make you guilty of malpractice. It is not... See, some people think that raising your children is all about control and discipline. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Some people think it's the the modern way of love and admire and adore. Just love and admire and adore. And just love and admire and adore. And just, just to love and admire and adore. But that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says that parents are to teach their children wisdom the wisdom of the Lord how many you want to be wise well look what the Bible says this is real clear making the best use of the time because the days are what now I hear people all over the place and they want to talk to me about how bad it is and what's going on in America and what's going on in the world and what's going on here and what's going on there so it's evil here's what the Bible says don't get your eyes on the evil get your eyes on the wisdom What is the wisdom? Look at this. Read it right out loud. Because the days are evil, therefore do not be what? Foolish. Foolish. What's the opposite of wisdom? Foolishness. This is as clear as you can get this, folks. What are you supposed to take in? Not Fox News, the wisdom of the Lord. Otherwise, you're operating according to what? foolishness foolishness now watch this here's what it says but understand that the will of the Lord is what is the will of the Lord the will of the Lord is do not get drunk now you're sitting there going what the will of the Lord is don't get drunk no the will of the Lord is don't get drunk for that is debauchery that's foolishness but be filled with the Spirit. Oh my goodness, the wisdom of the Lord is what? It's to be It's to be filled with the Spirit. So how do you get wisdom? You get wisdom by being filled with the Spirit. Now watch this. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart, giving thanks always and for everything to God the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Now, this is an amazing picture that Paul gives us here. He says, don't be drunk. Be wise. Don't be foolish. Don't be drunk. Be filled with the Spirit. Okay? So what is he telling us? Well, what happens when people get drunk? Why do people get drunk? Why do they turn to substances? Why do young adults turn to substances? Well, it makes me, man, I'm, I'm just so happy. I'm just so full of joy. I'm just, I'm, oh man, I get courage to do things. I, I've heard people say to me, I've heard people say to me, I gotta have a drink before I go home and face my wife. <laughs> and I've met some of their wives and I would drink too. No, no, that's foolishness. That's foolishness. What is the wisdom of the Lord? See, some think you have to drink to have courage. Some drink in Michigan for warmth. Right? Listen, I got to stop and get me a drink. It's so cold. I always love some of the metaphors they use to describe the cold. Listen, I got to have a drink. Let's go get a drink. Oh my goodness, if I could just have some substance, if I could just have, and so why do people turn to alcohol and to substances? Because they're looking for this escape from reality. All right, so what does the Holy Spirit do? The Holy Spirit does two very important things. Number one, the fullness of the Spirit gives you more reality instead of less control so what does a per- drunk person lose control. Control. sure so last night outside my hotel i'm i'm walking into the hotel i had just gotten there and these three young adults come from across the street and they've been drinking, and uh, the reason I knew they were drinking is one of the guys was saying to the other one, "Don't drive. You gotta call a cab. Don't drive, man. You gotta call a cab." Now he was pleading with his friend out loud, "Don't drive. You gotta call a cab." But guess what the guy did? He drove, he drove and you were on the road. Wow. Now listen, listen to me, because you don't know your limitations when you're drunk. You don't know your limitations. So people get drunk and they lose all self-control or they lose an element of self-control. But when you're filled with the Spirit, you get exquisite control. Say that with me. You get what? Exquisite, exquisite control exquisite balance, refinement, You, your control, now you can control your tongue. Now you can control your emotions. Now you can control your passions. Now you can control your mind. Listen to me. Somebody gets drunk at a party and all of a sudden the, the, the somebody is, is doing something with somebody else that they shouldn't have done and they're going, but I was drunk. I didn't know. I didn't understand. All the Times you hear about teenagers who are thrown in court because at a party they've been drinking and so they took advantage of this girl and now it's rape, and and, and then you hear what happens? They lose control. But when you're filled with the spirit, you get exquisite self-control. The self-control begins to escalate, so Mark Buntain is not overcome by his depression. So marriages change. Watch this. Not only do you get exquisite self-control, but watch this. When you're filled with the spirit, instead of forgetting the promises you make when you're drunk, instead of losing your awareness of your limitations, this self-control comes. But what else is drunkenness? What else is alcohol? It's a depressant. Okay, It's a depressant. So why do people drink? I forget my problems. Oh man, the next morning, he, they come back. Oh man, listen to me. So what is Paul saying to us here by the Holy Spirit? He's saying when you drink, it is to depress. So you, you, don't, you depress the ability to take in truth, you forget. You forget, it blocks parts of the truth and it makes, so that makes me sad, so I'm gonna drink so I don't think about that. But watch this, but reality becomes less real when you're on a depressant or on a drug like alcohol. But the Holy Spirit enhances your understanding of reality. And what does it do? It makes the truth shine. So the truth of God's word begins to shine through you. So when tragedy comes, instead of turning to alcohol to depress you from your sadness, you now have the truth of God's word comes alive and it shines and makes you a light on a hill. You see, when this is a very clear passage of scripture. Now, some of you here today need to grasp this, because rather than turning to these things that to try to escape, you need to turn to the Holy Spirit, who is going to try, rather than block the truth, is going to make this truth shine. So what does that mean? Isaiah 53, what does the Word of God say? Jesus shall see the results of his suffering. So when does he see the results of his suffering on the cross? He sees the results of his suffering on the cross when he sees us filled with the the Spirit and the truth of God's Word shining in the worst times. And people say, look, they're a light on a hill. They're a light on the hill. Why? Because you're showing the wisdom of the Lord, not the foolishness of debauchery. You see the difference? So what, instead of turning to substances, you're turning to the Holy Spirit. You're turning to the truth of God. So this, in Colossians 3.16 and Ephesians 5.15-21 that we just read, what does it mean? We become filled, so full of the Spirit during these times that we speak to one another with songs, with joy. It's not a false joy. It's not a, a blocked joy because of a depressant It's of, of alcohol. It's because of the enlightenment of the Holy Spirit and the truth becomes so real that the joy begins to come through us and we begin to say things that, are, that, that encourage people. When the Word becomes rich to you, when the truth shines, when the light turns on, that is, being, that is because the Holy Spirit is doing a work within you. And it's a difference between the truth being in audio and in video. Yeah. Maybe you didn't hear me. When you become filled with the Spirit, it's like the truth of God being changed from audio to video. Not only to video, but it's like the truth going from audio to Technicolor, to Panavision, to 3D. How many of you have seen 3D? I love 3D. I love 3D. I love all the new technology. I love all that's being done today. I love the vibrant screens. I love this. I love it. Why? Because it brings it alive. And that's what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been operating in Christ on audio. It's time to move on and let the video of the Holy Spirit come alive within you. And suddenly you'll say, why am I so worried? And why am I so anxious? And why am I mad? And why am I weeping? You'll be filled with the Spirit and self-control will make life vivid and alive and the fullness of joy and courage will become yours. That's what being filled with the Spirit is. See, there's some very, very important truth here. How are you filled with the Spirit? How are you filled with the Spirit? Okay, watch this. This passage of scripture is very down the middle. It's not on the left or the right. On the the one side, here's what people say, you gotta tarry, you've gotta wait, you've gotta wait you got to wait, 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 wait. Till the Holy Spirit strikes you. Read the text. Why does the grammar say in a command, be filled? That's not waiting. That's not waiting. That has nothing to do with waiting. It says, by command, be filled. The grammar is a command, be filled filled okay so it's not a matter of wait 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 number two the other side of the uh, the other side of this is people say read my book do these five things and you'll be filled with the spirit right so come one two three four five boom and even if you don't feel any different by faith you're filled come on how many of you heard that that's the other side okay But that's not this text. Here's what this text says. Here's what this text says. The text says, be filled, a command, not passive. But it doesn't say you can fill yourself. So if you do the five steps, that's like filling yourself. There, I'm filled. I did the five steps. No, the word says, be filled. Put yourself in a position to be filled. Why? does your pastor have me here today you've got to understand this so you can encounter the fullness of the Holy Spirit he is putting you in a position to be filled that's what a pastor does a pastor cares and loves for his people loves for you your pastor loves to, he, he has some things he loves. One of the reasons he has, in a moment, he's gonna take an offer, he's gonna ask you to help send me to Mongolia, because he and I have committed to a Bible college there, to build that Bible college and do work amongst Mongolian pastors to reach the Mongolian people, and listen to me. So he's, he's committed to that, and he's committed to you. He's committed to you, and he says, I wanna put my people in a place where they can be filled. Now I'm gonna tell you something, That's the kind of man you want to hang around. And that's the kind of person you want to be. You want to put yourself in the place to be filled. So you can't force the infilling, but you can prepare yourself for the infilling. And you can obey God's Word, and you can take what you've read in His Word in fellowship and in prayer. And so in a moment, we're all going to come together. We're all going to move in here. Then we're coming back at 5.30, and we're going to do it again. Why? Because we're going to put ourselves in the place where we can be filled with the Spirit. There's There's action you can take. Now watch this. There's three dimensions of fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now I want every student here to get this. I want you to get this, okay? If you need to write it down, write it down. Mom, dad, you need to get this, okay? Number one, you are filled with the fullness of the Spirit. Now I use the word up here on purpose and all you English teachers are gonna go nuts, okay? Filledness. Say that word. Say it again. Filled. You say, you created that word. You got it. Say it again. Filled. So how can you be filled with the fullness of the Holy Spirit? All right? At salvation. At salvation. You say, what do you mean? At salvation. Because the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are what? One. So when you receive Jesus as your Savior, who do you also receive? The Holy Spirit and the Father. So you receive the Father, you receive the Son, you receive the Holy Spirit because God is one. So you receive the Holy Spirit at that moment. As a matter of fact, you cannot even come to salvation unless the Holy Spirit draws you. There is no way you can come unless the Holy Spirit draws you. So there is a moment when people say, I am coming to Jesus, I'm gonna come to Jesus. Colossians 2.9. For in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. Listen, here's the story of Paul. How come Paul could teach this? Paul could teach this because he's riding his Palomino one day and all of a sudden, Jesus shows up in front of him, boom, knocks him off his Palomino. He's laying on the ground and he is blinded. He is blinded. Now, how many are glad Jesus didn't blind you? before you came to him. He's blinded and Ananias is sent to him by the Holy Spirit. Watch this. The Holy Spirit sends Ananias and what does Ananias say? Be filled with the Spirit. What? Immediately his scales fall off his eyes and he can see. When you come to salvation, the blindness falls off your eyes. Why? Why? Because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You were lost, but now you're found. You were lost, but now you're saved. You see, the opposite of being filled with the Spirit is being lost. That's the first dimension. When you're lost, you're not filled with the Spirit. When you're saved, you're filled with the Spirit. Now the Holy Spirit can do a work within you, but that's not the end. That's not all there is. That's not all the Bible teaches. How many of you want the wisdom of the Lord? This is the wisdom of the Lord. He says there are extraordinary moments of fullness. So after salvation, what happens? They go, Acts chapter 2, to the upper room and they come together and they are filled with the Holy Spirit. What happens? The wind blows and they're filled. Something happens that's extraordinary. It sounds like a... rushing wind. They see tongues of fire. What does this mean? It's an extraordinary moment of infilling. And so after salvation, there comes this extraordinary moment of fullness. And so we're filled with the Holy Spirit. And in that moment, what happens? They begin to speak in spiritual language. What is that? That's an extraordinary ability to pray. So now I have been given an ability to pray by the Holy Spirit in an extraordinary way. So it's not just my being prayer. It's not just me praying. It's the Holy Spirit praying through me and using the Holy Spirit to pray. So now I can pray when I, Romans 8, don't know what to pray or how to pray i pray by the power of the holy spirit romans 8 is an extraordinary it's speaking of the extraordinary the spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are gods what does that mean all right you ready there are extraordinary times when the holy spirit comes this passage romans 8:16, is about a courtroom all right you're in a courtroom and you're saying, I didn't commit that crime. And somebody over here says, yes, that person committed that crime. But there's nobody who has stood up and said that the person who was accusing you also saw you there. So it's his word against your word. Watch this. All of a sudden, someone comes in the courtroom and says, no, 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 he didn't commit that crime. I saw him walking on the beach at St. Clare Shores. And it was at the same time as the crime, so he couldn't have committed the crime. The judge slams down his gavel and says he's not guilty. There's a witness that saw him at the beach, and so he wasn't there, he couldn't be there. What is this saying, Romans 8:16. There comes times in your life when the Holy Spirit shows up. Not only does He fill you extraordinarily, but He will show up many, many more times after that when you need a witness, when you need someone to confirm I am born again. I am walking with Jesus. And so you're listening to music one day and you're getting ready to go to school and all of a sudden you start weeping. You start weeping or you're in your car and you turn on a worship song and all of a sudden you start weeping, something's happening what's going on? The Holy Spirit extraordinary internally begins to move within you oh I feel you God I feel you, you're here you're in this place let me tell you when else that happens it says that they went after the day of Pentecost they went to the gate called beautiful and they saw a man who was sick And they reached down and they grabbed him by his hand, and he was healed. I'll never forget the day I was in a church just like Lakeside, and a couple came, and they brought their little baby boy. And their little baby boy, they had a piece of paper with six doctor signatures from Children's Hospital in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and the doctor said, this child is blind and will never see. His sight cannot be restored. And they brought the paper and they brought their baby and they said, would you pray? And the Holy Spirit came in an extraordinary way. I prayed, I prayed, and listen to me, folks. I'm no different than you. I'm no different than you. I prayed. And a few days later, they came back with a piece of paper signed by the same six doctors. The mother took the little baby home and when she went to breastfeed the baby, the baby's eyes started tracking her breast, started looking and trying to grab the breast and she had never seen that before. All of a sudden, she knew something was different in the eyes of that baby and she took the baby to Children's Hospital again and all six doctors said, the sight of this child has been restored. Um. Yeah. Listen, listen. They came back to the church and they told the story and the newspaper in Appleton, Wisconsin, printed the story. I stayed in that church for seven months. For seven months I was in that church. 850 first time time people came to Jesus Christ. There was healings of all kinds that took place for seven months, listen to me. But is it still happening now? Not in that church, not in the same way. Why? Because you can't live on a constant drunk. Remember the analogy? These are extraordinary infillings. So what do you need, teenager? You need the camp experience. You need the convention experience. You need those moments on Wednesday night when this rascal stands up And for some unknown reason, you're on your knees and tears are flowing down your face and stuff is happening and you're snotting up the floor. What what is that? Extraordinary infilling of the Holy Spirit. Okay, so why do we plan for this day? Because we want you to get in a position for some of you to experience that because some of you have never experienced that. And some of you haven't experienced it for a long, long time. Mm-hmm. and so to this morning and tonight we're going to experience that and some of you are going to kneel and some of you are going to lay on your face and some of you are going to feel the Spirit of God in ways and you say, oh, I want that all the time, I want that all the time no, 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 you have to go to work tomorrow <laughs> and that's where the third fullness of the Spirit yes. comes Okay? This is Ephesians chapter 15. This is Colossians 3. Here's the third fullness of the Spirit. He says, I want you to walk full of the Spirit every day. Now what does that mean? What does that mean? So how do you walk in the Spirit, in the fullness of the Spirit every single day? Now watch this. This is so important. This is when you are walking in the joy of the Lord at work. When everyone else dragging in, if we have another snowstorm, I'm telling you, you're sick t- I shoveled and I shoveled and I shoveled again. And, oh, my snowblower, I yanked on that thing 16 times. Oh, shit. I'll give you Toro. And, and, and you're coming in, hallelujah, dying the glory. Hallelujah. What is with you, Jack? Oh, man. Today is just a great day. Our pastor told us the bugs are going to die because of this cold weather. There. Uh, they're looking at you I just fell getting out of my car look at my coat look at me look at my shoes if I get any more salt on these shoes they're gonna... horses are gonna start licking them uh, I'm putting my shoes in the backyard for a deer stand and listen to me listen to me listen to me it's IT'S THOSE MOMENTS. Yes, there's the extraordinary Acts 13 and Acts chapter 4 experiences when they were afraid and the house shook and they were filled with the Spirit and they spoke with boldness. Yes, those times are going to come and today we believe it's going to be one of those days. But there's going to be days when you get up every day and things don't go right and things are not what they should be and you're going to walk. You're going to walk in the Spirit and the light of the Lord is going to shine through you and the truth is going to become real and you're going to say something to somebody who just lost their baby and why should a baby die and this doesn't make sense and all of a sudden out of your mouth just comes a little word and they look at you and they go, oh, that's exactly what I needed, that's exactly what I needed. And you say, I don't know how I said it. It's the Holy Spirit in you. It's walking and talking in the Spirit. It's being able to sing songs to one another, words of encouragement, comfort, and strength. Listen to me, come tonight. I'm going to teach you how to speak words of comfort, strength, and encouragement to people. You say, What are you talking about? You say, I, I, I could. Yes, you can. Yes. I'm going to share how every one of you can become prophetic. You say, what do you mean, professor? No, you don't go to them and say, the Lord told me. No, you just act every day in the Holy Spirit. So when you're in the lunchroom and the kid across the table looks at you and you see a tear in their eye and you go, what's going on, Jenny? And she says, my parents said this morning they're getting a divorce. And you look across the table, you look across the table and you say, I have a word. I just want to speak something to you. Is that, do I have permission to speak something to you? And they say, yes. And you speak the exact word of comfort, strength, and encouragement they need. Mm-hmm. And they go, oh. How did you know I needed that? Mm. Or they don't even tell you what's going on. And you go to them and say, hey, I think you need this today. And they go, how did you know? I didn't post it. <laughs> and you just say, I just knew it. I just knew it. That's good. Because the Holy Spirit quickens you. The Holy Spirit flows through you. See some of you are in this room today and you need self-control of your emotions. You need self-control of your depression. You need self-control of your tongue. You need self-control of your anger. You need self-control of your habits. You need self-control in your marriage. You need self-control and you're here today and you say, how can I do that? By the fullness of the Holy Spirit some of you are here today and you say i just want to walk every day in the fullness of god yes that's why you need to be filled and so one does that what does that mean that means that there's going to be an extraordinary moment where you're going to experience the holy spirit today but you're not going to necessarily feel that at 11 o'clock tomorrow morning but you will be walking in the spirit in the third dimension of walking in the fullness of the spirit from here on out. Yes. You say, but I have never experienced the first dimension. I'm not serving Jesus. Listen to me. Today, you're gonna to be filled with the Spirit at salvation. For the first time, the Holy Spirit is gonna indwell you because Jesus and the Father and the Holy Spirit are gonna become your savior. Vicki watched her dad drag home at 2 and 3 in the morning, night after night after night, drunk, drunk. And he would always come into her bedroom, push the door open and fall across the end of her bed and wake her up and talk and talk and talk. And she was afraid because he, he, he didn't have control of his, of his life. She was afraid what he would do. And if this ever happened to you, don't, 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 don't get all upset now. Listen, Vicky was very fearful during those days but she kept praying by the power of the Holy Spirit for her daddy she kept praying and she kept praying and at 73 years of age her daddy walked into the bedroom on a Sunday morning by the power of the Holy Spirit who gripped him and said to his wife, Vicki's mother, I'm going to church with you today and my friend today Vicki is in church with her daddy well, I'm here with you because Vicky is my wife and Jake is my father-in-law. Wow. Now listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The other day he looked at my mother-in-law and my mother-in-law said to him, Jake, how come we don't watch the 500 channels anymore, the movies, you like movies? How come we don't watch those anymore? And he said, ah, oh. he said there's too much cussing, too much swearing, and I'm trying to quit. He's walking in the Spirit. Yes. And he doesn't even know why he's not wanting to watch that stuff anymore. How many of you want that in your life? Hallelujah. How many of you want that in your life? How many of you want that in your life? Would you bow your hands with me? No one moving today. No one moving. Pastor's gonna come in just a moment. He's gonna give you a chance to give, but way before that something very powerful is going to happen here today. Some of you here today have never been filled with the Spirit at salvation. You're not sure. You're not sure if a blood clot moves in your chest. You're not sure if you get out on that highway and a car swerves across on snowy road and hits you. You're not sure if you were to breathe your last breath today that heaven is your home. As a matter of fact, some of you know you're not living for God. You know you're not where you should be with Jesus. The Holy Spirit is here and he is tugging at you, he is chasing you. He is chasing you. And he's wanting you to be filled with his fullness when you surrender your life to Jesus. Just like my father-in-law, Jake, you're gonna come to Jesus today. You're gonna say, I'm coming. I'm gonna receive Jesus. That Sunday morning, Jake lifted his hand, surrendered his life to Christ, and that's what you're gonna do today. There's a lot of you that remember the day you did that. The Holy Spirit gripped you, you gave your life to Christ, you received salvation, the Holy Spirit became a part of your life, How many of you remember the day when you surrendered your life to Jesus and you'd say, Sam, if I died today, I know heaven is my home. I know all is well with Jesus. I'm living for Jesus. If that's true, lift your hand. Just lift it up, lift it up. You may take it down. Now, there's several of you that didn't lift your hand because you're honest. You're not lying. You don't want to lie. But today, you're going to experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit at salvation. You're gonna experience the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit as your Savior, as your Father, as your Empower. I'm gonna to count to three today and if you couldn't lift your hand a moment ago, when I get to three, I want you to throw your hands straight up in the air and when you do, you're gonna grab the hand, you're gonna grab the hand of Jesus and the Holy Spirit is gonna begin to work in your heart in a new way like never before, and you're gonna find salvation today. If you couldn't lift your hand a moment ago, I want you to throw it straight up when I get to three and say, I want Jesus, I want the Holy Spirit, I want the Father, I wanna be saved, I want the fullness of the Spirit. Are you ready? One, two, three. Lift it right there, right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Way up in the balcony, on the back row, some of you down here. You may take it down. A Lot of people lifted their hand today. Now we're gonna pray with them together. We're gonna pray in community. Let's pray together, all of us. Let's pray with these who lifted their hand. Let's pray right out loud. Let's pray together. Pray with me, Jesus, today. Thank you that you obeyed the Holy Spirit. You obeyed your Father. You went to the cross you died in my place you took my hell so that i will never have to face it thank you jesus you gave me grace and you give me the holy spirit i receive your grace i receive your mercy i receive your forgiveness and i receive you holy spirit into my life Just breathe him in. Know that he's there. Forgiveness is yours and grace and mercy. Salvation is yours today. He's not angry at you. You say, but you don't know what I did. No, no, no. He knows what you did, but he's giving you forgiveness. He's giving you forgiveness. In a moment, I'm gonna ask every one of you who just prayed that prayer for the first time, I'm gonna ask you to come. I'm gonna ask you to be the first ones to come. And then the rest of us are going to come. Would everyone stand all over this building? Just stand all over this building, balcony, bottom floor. Let me just, let me just give you a little clue. We are not going to beat the Baptist to Outback. Not today. Not today. The Lutherans are already there. Red Lobster's backed up anyway. What we're going to do today is we're going to come together. You know why we're coming together? First, first Peter two. You are a holy priesthood, a royal generation, a house of stones built one upon another. What happens when you pull one stone out of a stone fence? See, if you leave today, and I'm not trying to put a guilt trip on you, I'm just telling you how important you are. It affects people around you. That's right. What I'd like today, now if you have to go, I understand, but if you can, Would you come and stand by your buddy? And would you believe with him that he's gonna experience the fullness of the Holy Spirit today? Some of you are gonna experience it extraordinarily. And you're gonna receive spiritual language that you've never prayed in before. Some of you are gonna pray like you've never prayed before. Some of you are gonna experience tears, laughter, I don't know. It's extraordinary. But all of us are gonna receive the fullness of the Spirit so tomorrow we can walk in more self-control. So our tongue and our emotions and our habits and we're changed, we become changed by the Holy Spirit. Together, we're gonna stand together and we're gonna pray together. So the first group that I want to come are those of you that are experiencing the Holy Spirit in a new way because of salvation. If you prayed that prayer, if you surrendered your life to Christ in a new way or for the first time ever, I want you to come and I want to make it easy for you. Everybody turn to the person to your right, your left, behind you, in front of you, and just ask them, Would, did you experience the Holy Spirit in a, for the first time today? In salvation and if they say yes I think so or yeah I, I want to or would you just say this good then come on I'll go with you let's go together and you be the first ones to come turn and ask way up in the balcony back row over here all over just turn ask, and just bring them just come come maybe the whole family will come just come just come go ahead that's it that's it just come just come